Hello, and welcome to the Faculty Chronicles, TFC, a podcast sponsored by the Turo Center on Excellence in Teaching and Learning and the Office of the Provost. Your TFC podcast hosts are me, Professor Gina Bardwell, and Dr. Elizabeth Uni. Across academic disciplines, Turo faculty are producing great work, and the Faculty Chronicles wants you to hear all about it. TFC podcasts will highlight faculty chatting about their favorite project in research, teaching, learning, science, medicine, technology, and so much more. So let's get busy building community, connection, and continuous conversation Turo-wide. Our next Faculty Chronicle guest is on deck waiting to chat. Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Faculty Chronicles, sponsored by the Toro Center of Excellence in Teaching and Learning. I'm Elizabeth Uni, co-host of this podcast from the Toro College of Pharmacy in New York. Today, we have Dr. Elizabeth Loftus with us as the guest. Dr. Loftus is an assistant professor at Toro's Graduate School of Business. She has a bachelor's degree in sociology from Western New England University, Master's in Healthcare Administration from New England College, and she has a doctoral degree from A.T. Still University in Arizona. Dr. Loftus, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Uni. I'm excited to be here. Tell us a little bit about your journey at Toro. Our audience would like to hear how you started, where you started, and what do you do now at Toro? Absolutely. Toro was actually my first go at a full-time academic position. Um, I'd served as an adjunct professor for several universities for the past few years. I taught both online and in person. And I actually came to Toro in December of 2020. And I'm still in the position that I was hired at for Toro. Um, So as you mentioned before, I'm an assistant professor over at the Graduate School of Business. And I teach our healthcare management courses. And I also serve as our GSB programs administrator. Uh, the latest addition to my my list was the Pathways Coordinator position, which is where we provide pharmacy students who wish to obtain an advanced certificate, an MBA, or an MS in healthcare management, along with their while they're getting their PharmD at Toro. It's a great program that we're very excited about. Awesome, awesome. So as a faculty for the graduate students in the business school, some of the courses are done online, which is very, very natural for a business school because many of our students are also executive students. They are working, they have a full-time position, so you offer some of your courses online. But what are some of the challenges when offering an online or an asynchronous course? So while I enjoy teaching online, it does present its challenges, you are correct. It can be hard to gauge a student's reactions or their understanding of the material when you aren't interacting face-to-face with them. When you see them, it's clear if they aren't understanding or they need some additional examples or support in certain areas. However, when you're teaching online, you need to only rely on the student to reach out to you to ask for clarification or respond to your emails if they're requiring some more clarification or information. And there's occasionally a delay in this, which can cause a frustration on the student's part especially if it's their first online course. And this isn't the experience that we want them to have at Toro. Student engagement is really what makes or breaks an online course. If students are participating and sharing thoughts and ideas, it's a great learning experience for everyone. If that doesn't happen though, the course can become dry and difficult to get through. 
I always say to our students that the best way to get something great out of an online course is to put something great in. And being responsive and engaged online is the key. Communication is very important in all courses, but especially in an online forum. If there isn't an ongoing dialogue between faculty and students or students and students, ideas and teachable moments will be lost. I encourage open communication in all of my courses. I want students to discuss experiences from their work histories and things that they've learned along the way, whether that be in other educational facilities or again in job experience. I also have a ton of great hospital quote unquote war stories that I like to share in my courses. And I ask students how they would have handled the situations that I've faced in the past. Wow. I completely agree with you engaging the students in an online and sometimes they don't even come with a camera or it becomes really, really difficult. And I, I know at a graduate school, it's not like you have 60 or 70 students. It's usually a small class too. The friendship or the camaraderie between them is also so important. So they start talking and trusting each other and sharing the stories and sharing the thoughts and all those kind of things. So what are some of the strategies that you have used to increase the student engagement? So just real quick, I also just want to agree with what you just said. It's really nice in our courses that for a lot of our healthcare management courses, we have people who are clinically trained and we also have people that are business trained. Uh, which makes her a really nice mix within the classroom because you have perspectives coming from two different sides. But some strategies that I use to increase student engagement is I try to ask follow-up questions in my courses after a student is posted on the discussion board or presented a project. I think this encourages deeper thinking and how out-of-the-box ideas can somehow co sometimes come to fruition, which is very helpful and very common. We're learning to do more with less in healthcare. I tend to post up interesting and relevant news articles and videos so that students can see what we are learning in our course and how they can apply them within the work world. Using technology to capture students' engagement is also a tool that I use. I use Padlet, uh, which is a terrific website that allows you to create a sort of online poster board that students can place their final projects, posters up on by uploading them. What's great about this is that posting on Padlet allows all of the student posters and projects to be displayed in online in one area, and then students can go through and leave feedback on each other's work. So it's not just me providing them with feedback, they also receive peer feedback as well. And I also use Kahoot in my classes. Uh, Kahoot gets kind of a mixed review at the graduate school level, but I find that Kahoot turns my ordinary exam reviews into an interactive game show type activities. And I find that the students retain exam reviews much better than when I was just doing sort of a dry run through. Students, they log into the game with their cell phones and they compete against each other to see who gets the answers correct. Students seem to enjoy doing the reviews this way. And they also, again, seem to maintain the material very well. So when you do a technology such as Kahoot for an exam review, which kind of maybe getting a stress level, right? Because how, depending on how well they did the exam, how do you maintain, and now they're also online, so they're not in the classroom with you. So how do you maintain the professionalism of the students that they are behaving nice and they know it is an exam review, but still they're in a classroom and they're behaving in a professional way? Or does it automatically happen because these are graduate students? 
I wouldn't say that it automatically happens. Typically when I do a Kahoot review for an exam, I do it as a Zoom class. So whereas the students are all logging on from their individual phones or their, their laptops, but they everybody's also all on the same forum and I'm on there with them as well. So I can also monitor, engage responses and anything. I haven't really had too many issues where students weren't respectful of each other, but they do get a little competitive about playing the review game. That's good. That's good. And they do it in a nice way. The competition happens in a nice way. Well, it does. Okay. It that's does. good. That's good. Now, you talked a little bit about Padlet. Between the two, which is your favorite? Is it Padlet or is it Kahoot? I would say that pa uh, Padlet and Kahoot are, are my two favorite strategies um, because they really both allow students to interact with each other and while learning the material at the same time. Some faculty members have mixed reviews about using Kahoot in the classroom, but so far it's served me pretty well. The Padlets have also been successful because not only does it give students the opportunity to share their work and post it up in an online forum, but it also creates the opportunity to learn from each other by creating, looking at each other's posters, leaving feedback for each other. Uh, I see a sense of camaraderie when I use the Padlets and students work together to make sure that everyone's poster or presentation is the best that it possibly can be, again, by providing the feedback and the comments. And it's nice that it's also just not coming from the instructor. So, and it, creating a poster hall, which is kind of what Padlet does, it creates an online poster hall, it really allows them to sort of prepare for the future when they may be presenting at a conference. So when you use the Padlet, does Toro has an account for it? Is it any faculty can use it? Because I'm asking this question for people who are listening to this podcast. Is this a resource that can be used by anyone where Toro has an access to it? Absolutely. So if you go to Padlet.com, you can actually create a free account. Um, and it only allows you to do, I think it's up to four or so Padlets at the same time. So what I do is I just delete the old ones that I'm no longer using for a class, which will allow my account to remain free. And is there a limit to the number of students who needs to be on the Padlet, who can be on the Padlet? I haven't run out of room just yet. I currently have a course that's using it that has 15 students in it, and there's still plenty of room on the Padlet. So I don't think that there is a certain number that is a maximum. And now when it comes to technology again, you know, so how easy it is to learn how to use Padlet? Is it is it a self-explanatory, like once you start using it, you figure out how to do it? Or do you need to get trained to use the Padlet? I found Padlet was fairly easy to use. For the instructor, they can kind of create the background and give the whole Padlet a title that goes up at top. Uh, and Padlet really kind of walks you through the entire setup. After that, there's down at the bottom right corner, there's a large plus sign, which is what students will click on. And then that gives them the ability to upload a folder uh, or a file from their computer, which is where their poster is. And then it automatically posts it, assuming it's an accepted file type, which they accept many of them, PowerPoints and words and things. And then once it's accepted, it posts it up on the Padlet for everyone to see. And when they post their poster, everyone can see the posters and they can post their comments. Now, the comments, is it also visible to everyone or only visible to the people who uploaded the poster? You know, sometimes students may, be, may not want uh, the peer reviews to be open for everyone. So how does that happen? Can the peer reviews be private or is it open? 
I leave all of mine open so everyone can see everyone's posters as well as see everyone's comments. And they're also able to comment on each other. There's also a like feature where you can sort of give a thumbs up, which I encourage students not to use unless you're actually making a comment as well, as a thumbs up isn't really going to give them too much feedback on their poster. Poster is one way that you use a Padlet. Do you use it for anything else other than the poster? How else can it be used? Like in a regular classroom, can we use the Padlet? I would say it could probably be used for any type of presentations that you want to do. I, again, find it mostly useful in my courses that are completely online because it gives a sort of feeling that everyone's in the same room together. But you could certainly use it in the classroom as well to have students present posters if you wanted to keep them all in the same area. You could certainly use it for things like that. Or if you wanted them to put up their PowerPoint presentation and present it that way. So you said that you also have discussion boards and discussion posts, you know, which you use. Can Padlet be used for as a discussion board? So let's say you talk to the students about ethics in business, and then you want to ask a question about whether they agree with uh, whatever be the business strategy. And can Padlet be used for students to be as a discussion board, basically, can Padlet be used as a discussion board where students can answer to that question and have a discussion going on? Can that be used like that? I certainly think that it could be used for a discussion board. The only issue would be the grading side of it, whereas uh, we run our things through Turnitin software, uh, and it also uploads right to the grading center within Canvas. So there may be a way to incorporate Padlet in there so it would all sort of work together. Um, but to be honest, they have not used it that way. That's a great idea, though. So, so, so when you do the poster, the Padlet is connected to the Canvas. So whatever you grade in your Padlet, it is automatically appears in Canvas. Is that what I understood? It, it's not. They're actually two different things. So the students upload their... I try to put the Padlet up. So for this week, I open the Padlet up on Monday morning and they have until Friday as of this afternoon to submit their final poster to the grade center, which means that they can go back to the Padlet and use any of the comments or any of the feedback that they receive to make changes to their poster before they submit it to the grade center. Got it. Okay. So um, I mean, whenever we do something, right, the one thing that we always look is to see did it work or not, right? How do we evaluate the outcomes? So how do you evaluate the outcomes from using a Padlet or a Kahoot? What are the strategies that you have used to see whether this works or not? So I'll always ask the students for feedback. I'll ask them on feedback for the Kahoot. I also can use Kahoot to see how their testing scores were. If I used it for that current exam, but maybe I didn't use it for a prior one. Um, and the feedback has always been, and the same with Padlet, I always do ask students for their feedback on it as well, if they felt that it was a worthwhile activity, did they like getting feedback from their peers, not from just me, when they send it in for grading. So I think both are a really nice opportunity for them to share and sort of collaborate together. And getting their feedback so far has been positive. Some, it took a little while to get them used to both options, but we're getting there. And from the student's point of view, someone who is not a tech-savvy student, is it hard for them to understand how to use Padlet or Kahoot, or they find it okay to start using it and there is no challenges there? I think that they find it fairly easy to use. For Padlet, I post the directions up because it's usually used in an online-only class. 
And then if they have any questions, they can certainly email me and, and we'll take care of whatever issues they have. For Kahoot, everybody, when you log into the game, it sort of gives you a, a scan bar and a code that you type into your own personal device, which puts everybody on the same game board. And I can actually see who's logged in and who's not. And because we do that over a Zoom class, if someone's having difficulty, I can certainly assist them in that way. Got it. If, do you have any success stories or, you know, something that you heard from the students about using Padlet or Kahoot and they said, oh, thank you, Dr. Loftus, we, we enjoyed any stories like that that you might have heard from the students or something from your own end that you were like, oh, that really worked. You know, anything that you would like to share with the audience? I, I think Kahoot is probably the one that I re receive more rave reviews about. And some of my courses, especially our law and ethics and healthcare there's a lot of material. Um, there's a lot of material. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of terms. And I think the review really helps kind of drive home the points that they need to know for their exam. And they may not remember when I taught it in class, but they seem to remember when on the Kahoot game it came up. <laughs> so... <laughs> Got it. And the Kahoot games are not graded. It is, it's a pure participatory activity. Correct. Correct. They're simply used as a review for the exams. Got it. Got it. If anyone who's listening to the podcast would like to know more about the Padlet or the Kahoot, I hope you're open to discuss with them or work with them so that they can start using the Padlet or Kahoot. Are you okay with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd be happy to chat with anyone about either one uh, if they want to email me and we could certainly set up a time to meet. All right. That's great. Well, um, to the audience, if anyone is listening and is wondering how to start using Padlet or Kahoot to engage the class, uh, whether it is online or actually in-person classes also, the Kahoot can be a good way. So if you are interested in that, please reach out to Dr. Loftus. She's at the Graduate School of Business and she'll be happy to speak with you. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Loftus, for this uh, wonderful talk and uh, talking about some of the advantages and tricks that you can use in the class the technology wants to keep the class engaged thank you so much for that talk thank you for having me dr need this is terrific well thank you to all our listeners signing off is elizabeth Ini, your podcast co-host until the next episode Thank you for tuning in to the Faculty Chronicles, TFC, Turo's podcast featuring the projects and work of faculty throughout the Turo College and University system. TFC is sponsored by the Office of the Provost and Kettle, the Center for Excellence in Teaching and Learning. We hope you like what you heard and will keep listening. So join us next time on the Faculty Chronicles as we highlight and share faculty achievements that build community, connection, and continuous conversation.